Welcome in everybody to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Kyle and Derek back for another episode talking every single week. How not to be youth pastors. Learning from our mistakes one day at a time, right Derek? No. Sometimes we learn. <laughs> Sometimes we repeat the same mistake over and over and over again. I've been there before. There's There's been a couple times. Maybe just a couple. Today? Uh, today, okay. yes. Perfect. Uh, just clarifying. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we as youth pastors, uh, I, I I feel like games is the primary avenue where we learn the least. Yeah, so I'm 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 gonna like share something that was fun. So uh, last week was my first week back to my youth ministry since transitioning over, just because I wanted to get Riley full exposure. And so he's he's doing a phenomenal job. He's just crushing it in every sense of the word. And uh, one thing he came up with for the month of, month of March is uh, March Madness. And so every week is something special. And to go along with the theme, he brought in a basketball hoop to our sanctuary and set it up on stage and played a pretty sweet game. But this is where, like, the youth pastor in me who did it for six years and now the lead pastor saw some various things that I wouldn't have seen when I was in the first couple of years to the point of where it's like the basketball hoop was not super far away from the projector suspended from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And so so I kind of like, like showed Riley goes, Oh yeah, yeah, that should be good. It's like the first round was fine, but the second round, this kid grabbed the basketball and just absolutely sent it into the ceiling hit the projector. It was fine, but it was just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think I, it'll be curious yep. to see what happens the following week to see if, uh, if that gets adjusted. Yeah. Get, uh, get the hoop moved on the stage, maybe yeah. lower it a little bit, uh, find the fluffiest ball you can find yep. to use instead of a real basketball, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the foresight isn't always there with youth pastors. To be uh, clear, he did he did a good job. He felt really bad, and I was like, "Dude, it's, that's <laughs> just par, this is par for the course, man. Like this is this is to be expected." Oh so, yeah, hundred percent. So we are talking about tithing today uh, on this episode, and before we dive in, our quick question of the day, and I've gotten this question uh, a, a few times through the years uh, because we, you know, obviously the Christian standard uh, for tithing would be to to tithe 10% of what you make to the church that you attend. That That's kind of the standard way to do it. Uh, and so I've gotten the question over the years, as a pastor, how does tithing work? Like how, how do you, like, do you, do you just turn around and give the money you make from the church right back to the to church. The church yeah. Does it just get taken out of your paycheck right off the bat? Like, how does it work? Do you tithe? I don't. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we as pastors are above the law yeah, and exactly. we don't have to. Uh, no, I, I wanted to preface this by just kind of saying like, this is probably going to be different yeah. uh, across churches and across denominations. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. Because for us, you and I being assemblies of God, ministers, what we do is we tithe to our district office of our denomination. So, you know, our governing body, the Assemblies of God District Office, General Council, we we that tithe. That was a lot of fancy words that most people don't understand. Yeah. But I, how, how would you even explain that? Like our... So, 
Uh, here's, here's, cause I just had, I actually had two of my youth leaders. They're like, Hey, we, we need you to settle a bet. And they asked this question. Cause one thought that it was like, a you know, it gets taken out of your paycheck beforehand. And right. one thought that it was like, yeah, you just tie that right back to the church. And I was like, you're both wrong. Right. Uh, because we do tithe, uh, you know, to the district office. The way that I explained it was that, you know, the, the, District office is like the regional arm of the Assemblies of God denomination, and our tithe goes to them, and their role is to take that tithe and support the churches within their district. And so... Like we, you know, we've probably mentioned in passing, uh, in the past that, uh, we have a district youth director. His mm-hmm. name is Kirby. He has held that role for, I don't know, five, six years now. Yeah. Uh, and his job, his sole job is to support the youth pastors within yeah. the district. Uh, you know, they have counseling services that ministers can take advantage of. Uh, there's a cabin in, there, yeah. in Minnesota where you can like, if you're a minister, you can reserve it if it's available for free for a weekend or something, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. up to seven days. Can't remember. I don't remember what the time. It's like free is, of but... charge like for a nice cabin if you just need to yeah. get away and recharge. Yeah, you, and... you can use it as a family vacation spot for a couple of days. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's various uh, like like the camp that uh, you know they the district office puts on. Uh, the the camp and the youth conventions every year, and so uh, you know obviously that has a lot that goes into that, and a lot yeah. of work that goes into that, and so they you know put their time and their effort into that, yeah. uh, especially for smaller churches. Uh, you know, if you think about uh, you know churches where you know the the senior pastor is the only person on staff, uh, the one of the roles that the district office plays is they have people that can come in and preach a Sunday uh, to give the senior pastor a, a Sunday off if yep. they want to go on vacation or if they're going to do a sabbatical, uh, they can do that. They also help uh, you know, with the process of like if a church needs to fill a senior pastor position. Uh, you know, The district office does not like – they don't like own the church and they no. get to put whoever they want there, but they can be a resource to help – you know, make connections, headhunt, uh, find people that might be interested in that position that that can apply and can interview with the church board. And so, uh, there there's a lot that the the district office does to support. Yep. Uh, you know, the pastors in the churches in the district, and so our tithe uh, goes to the district office. Yep. Uh, you know, kind of as as that entity, and then they in turn kind of pour back into the the churches and the pastors in their district. Yeah, which is essentially what the local church does, right? You pay the if you tithe the, your local church, they in essence provide opportunities and spaces and experiences for you to grow in your faith. Uh, and so in a very different but also a very similar way, the Assemblies of God district office is similar to the church for pastors, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they, their purpose there is to support the pastors and the local churches from a collective overarching view. And they do a phenomenal job with it too. You know, I think again, that that's, that's within our denomination. I do foresee situations in which there are some other non. Well, so I, I will take the blame here because I did not do this research ahead of time. 
but my sister is the worship director at a non-denominational church down in Nashville. Yep. And so I just texted her asking her like what tithing work looks like for, cause she, they're a non-denominational church. Right. So they don't have a district office, Correct. you know, uh, of their denomination, obviously to, to tithe to. So I just texted her and asked her how tithing works for her. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll see if she gets back to me, uh, before the end of the episode. I do foresee how like that would be a weird thing. Like if your agreed salary is X amount of dollars. Yeah. But knowing full well you're giving ten percent of that back to the ones who are cutting, I, I can see how that's oh, yeah. like a, an yeah. interesting dynamic. Not that it's wrong, but it's just like it's it's just I can see how people are like, that's interesting. You know, when we when we get our salary and then give it back away to a different district office, it's like okay, like that makes sense. That's kind of like how it is for the rest of the world. But when you're giving it back to the ones who gave it to you, I guess that can be a little interesting, but yeah, there, uh, you know, we, we don't have to dive into this super far, but I, I'm going to give a shout out here to the church. My sister works at, it's the bridge church down in Nashville, Tennessee. Great name. And, uh, <laughs> great name of a church. I gotta say, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, but they, uh, so they do this thing where when they have a new, when you have a new person come to your church, you know, every church does it differently. Like, Hey, we want to connect with you. You know, you got this uh, card where you can fill out your name, your address, your social security number, all of that driver's personal, license number, personal information, address, uh, bank account, yeah, information, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so you know, you fill all that out because, and and as a church, you know, you you want that information because you want to be able to follow up with them, connect with them. Uh, if they want to get plugged in at your church, uh, you are going to need this information. Uh, but it can also be a little awkward sometimes asking a new visitor for that information. And so what this church does is uh, they, like it's not mandatory for a new person to fill out this card, but if you do, they have kind of a, a thing on, it's on the bottom or the back side of the card. Uh, every time somebody new fills out that card, they, the church will make like a $5 donation in their name to, you know, they have like a list of five or six organizations within Nashville that they give to, and, and it's all different. All six of them are Smart. different. Uh, they're, they're kind of different focuses. And so like there was one there, I think there was a women's shelter, uh, on there, uh, you know, with kind of a focus on, uh, you know, women coming out of abusive, uh, situations or, or sex trafficking or stuff like that. Uh, I think there was like a, a ho- one that served homeless populations. Uh, there was, there was one that was kind of targeting, uh, teenagers and working with teenagers. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different, uh, organizations that like they, the church has long-term relationships with, uh, you know, they love and trust these organizations and, so you can, basically it's a way for your visit to make a difference. Uh, and, and that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with tithing. Uh, one of my, th- the reason I bring it up is that I wonder if, uh, instead of tithing to the church, if like the pastors, like maybe a church could have their pastors uh, and staff tithe toward some of the missions or organizations that yeah. they partner with, right? Uh, you know, as a way of supporting them. But you know, you're not. It's it's like oh, we, if we fire Derek, then we're gonna lose, you know. X amount of money in our budget because yep. right <laughs> you know like we're not paying him but we're also not getting his tie <laughs> exactly uh, yeah so it's like a you know 
which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, yep. Derek gets paid by the church and then he tithes to the church, which they use that money to pay Derek. And then he takes some of that. It's, it's like, it's this, so weird. This, yeah. It, it, if you're tithing back to the church that you work at, the money like never actually in a, you know, in a, in a twisted way, the money never gets used. It Correct. just gets recycled yep. between your paycheck and exactly. your tithe. <laughs> yeah. And, but again, I, it, I guess it makes sense, you know, like it, I, I, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if my, uh, if my sister gets back to me here, I'd be really curious because she's at a non-denominational church. So we're putting her on the clock. Kelly, you got to figure this out. Uh, we're approximately 12 minutes into this episode. So we've got another hour and a half for her to respond. But, well, uh, well I was saying before we even start any of our real content, oh. <laughs> we got another hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, no. So I, this is a, this is a really fun, uh, idea that I want to dive into today. Uh, good friend of the show, David, uh, great friend of the show. He, he reached out and, and had a couple, uh, just questions or topics that, uh, you know, thought would potentially make good episode ideas. And this was one of them. And so, uh, give props to David here, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive in to, uh, you know, to tithing, uh, specifically when it comes to teenagers and, and as youth pastors, how do we teach this? Yep. Uh, you know, what do we, what do we kind of do with this? How much, how big of a priority, uh, do we place on this and, and what structurally do we look at as far as like, Hey, teenagers, this is how this is not, not just the why, but specifically how we would encourage you to do this. Yeah. And I think it's, it's tricky because as Kyle and I were saying, we were talking a little bit before the show. It's one of those things that obviously instilling the importance of tithing into a teenager is a really good thing that we ought to do. Uh, I was telling him, you know, I have, being a lead pastor, I have adults in our congregation who uh, have never heard of the word tithe before, you know? And so it's one of those things that, you know, letting them know what it is, is really helpful. However, it's also one of those things where it's like in the grand scheme of things, you know, while tithing is insanely important, where does it fall on this metaphorical totem pole of priorities. Um, just because if you have a, a, a teenager who is in seventh grade, walks into your youth ministry for the first time, maybe a, any church for the first time, and you're sitting there going, okay, what's important right now? What do we need to do? I'm guessing like, hey, buddy, what's your name? Jake? Okay, awesome. Hey, how much money do you make? $27? <laughs> okay, well, before we continue on with the rest of your time here, I'm going to need $2.70 from you, right? Like that just, that doesn't happen. So, you know, I think what we're going to do here is kind of just kind of, you know, establish a basis as to like how we would approach this or how we do approach this as pastors. Um, and then maybe how it fluctuates a little bit depending upon the situation. Yeah. So the, I think the place to stay, sorry, you, you mentioned this hypothetical seventh grader named Jake. And all I can think of is like, you know, kid walks in at whatever age and they're brand new. And like, you've got this like Rolodex of, you know, different topics that you need to cover with this kid before they graduate. And you're trying to figure out like, okay, is it more important to talk about tithing or baptism in the Holy Spirit? Uh, where should we start first? Uh, should we start talking about missions or do we talk about, uh, patience? Um, I don't know. This is overwhelming. (laughs) 
You don't do that? <laughs> no. Uh, I, well, the Rolodex <laughs> certainly does not exist. Uh, it that's should. Just, it's a shout out to, um, how do I put this? Our more seasoned listeners, uh, because there's definitely 90% of Gen Z that has no idea what a Rolodex that's is. That's correct. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, also real quick, uh, my so my sister did get back to me. Big really shout out. proud of of Kelly for being up at this hour. Uh, it, it's nine thirty a.m. And <laughs> 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 when we're recording this, I hope she's up. Um. So she said that uh, I'm I'm trying to process this and read it at the same time. Uh, no, that's hard for she you. She said, uh, you know, we tithe like we would anywhere like we tithe to their church like they would anywhere else. Uh, she also said they were just talking the other day about tithing versus other charitable giving, which sure. is definitely something that we will, uh, we will get into. So uh, yeah, moral of the story is, you know, she works at a non-denominational church and just tithes directly to Back the to church's work task, um, which is kind of what I was expecting, but yeah, uh, it's a, you know, other denominations then would be the other one that, you know, we'd be curious about. But again, Kyle didn't do enough research on the front end. So, uh, shame on me. It's almost like he had other things going on. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I am, I, Derek went through this season and I have much respect for Derek, uh, which is not something he ever thought he'd hear, (laughs) but, uh, no, I'm caught off guard right now. I, I am, I just, we're recording this on a Thursday. I yep. just preached last night. Yep. I am preaching Sunday and then I will preach the following Thursday or following Wednesday. Yep. And so, uh, that's a lot of sermons, uh, in my head. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I want to start this conversation with just kind of the mindset and I, w- she's going to love I'm doing this because our wives always do, but yep. I'm going to give my wife uh, a little bit of, uh, airtime here because I have always loved and admired her mindset when it comes to tithing and when it comes to finances in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, from day one, her mindset has always been very like a hundred percent of what I have is God's. Yeah. Uh, it, this is not a 10% is God's 90% is mine or 95 and five, whatever 20 and 80, whatever the percentage is, uh, this is not a me and his, thing like God gave me a hundred percent of this. Yeah. And you know, the old Testament. I, I love when people ask like, Oh, like how much should we tithe? Cause like the old Testament says 10%. Yep. The, the old Testament standard is tithing 10% uh, to your house of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Testament does not specify. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I get people that are like, well, like Jesus, you know, fulfilled that 10% of the loss. So we don't have to tithe anymore which is an interesting stance to take because last I checked, Jesus gave 100% of himself yep. uh, on the cross and, and he calls us to give 100% of ourselves, which I would think would include our finances. And so I, I, I think that it's it's funny to try to put a number on it. Uh, I, I do like the 10% as a standard, but I think it's really important that you know, we first teach students just the heart of generosity. Yeah. You know, that mindset of none of this is mine. Right. I am stewarding the finances God gave me. I am stewarding the resources God gave me. But that doesn't mean any of this 
I just get to look at as mine and mine alone. Uh, you know, this is this is God's first and foremost, and I'm just stewarding it. It makes it a lot easier to tithe, right? And a lot easier to give uh, when when you have that mindset. I also just want to like jump into this because like I have heard a similar um, argument, or you know, I've heard of your time being a substitution to your finances. Interesting. Like, you know, hey, like. Well, if you if you don't want to tithe, you know, ten percent of your income, what if you tithe your time? You know, like like which, again, decent concept, but, um, you know, I also want to just give credence to the fact that, um, you know, while you and I are both pastors, we've been in the church, and so we know the blessing that comes with tithing, along with the obligation, if you will. I do know that for someone such as myself who finances can be stressful and something that, that it's, it's hard to give 10%, right? When you look at this, this money you have, it's one of those things where it's like, it can be hard to let go of it. However, like, I just want to like take down this argument for a second because Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He says this, you give a 10th of your spices, mint, dill, yeah. cumin, <laughs> but yeah. you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You know, so Jesus right there is saying like, hey, giving a 10th is really good. You should do that. But also like be a decent human being, you know? And so I feel like I just want to address that really quick too, because again, it's, I know finances can be difficult, um, especially if you're in a tight spot and like things are really, really complicated, giving that 10% feels like, impossible. Um, you know, but I think we will get into the heart of, of tithing here in a second. So, um, I'll give it back to you, but I I just wanted to just kind of like give that little caveat too, because yes, 10% is in the old Testament and there's no tangible number per se, um, that is in the new Testament, but Jesus is giving credence to the Pharisees saying you do give a 10th. So quit being a bunch of hypocrites, be a good human being and give your 10%. You know the term, uh, like, reading your mail? Yeah. Uh, you know, commonly used, like, uh, you know, reading your mail is like is almost like reading your mind. Or, like, right. like I'm all up in your business. Yep. Like, Jesus was reading their spice rack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I, I love that. that is that passage. why I, I was literally just, I was reading that, and Kyle sort of, like... I, kind of quasi laughing and smiling. And I'm thinking like, what did I just <laughs> Actually, say? <laughs> that's not why I started laughing. I started laughing because, uh, you made the comment like as a pastor, like sometimes like, you know, money can sometimes be stressful. Yeah. Or you said something along those lines. And I laughed because I, I don't know about you or any of our other listeners, but I have been seeing a lot of ads on Instagram. Okay. For Dave Ramsey. Yep. And oh, the, yes. the line in all of his, in a lot of his ads yep. is, and I'm going to make up the number, but it's something like 95% of pastors. It's 90. I just saw ni- it yesterday. 90% of pastors are yep. stressed about money. And I thought to my, every time I see that, I think to myself, listen, Dave, <laughs> when you run a church... <laughs> And your entire livelihood is based on other people's generosity. Yes, you're stressed about money. It has nothing to do with how well you steward your finances and how much credit card debt you're in. Uh huh. 
And it has everything to do with the fact that you work at a church. It's like, Dave, you got to lighten up a little bit. Come on. here, Dave. That <laughs> just, it, it, it cracks me up every time I see it. So that's why I was laughing. Uh, anyways. Okay. Where were we? I also want to know what that 10% is. Cause if that 10% is a 55 year old pastor who's got a lot of his ducks in a row, the 10% is like Joel Osteen. Yeah. And that's and his staff. <laughs> yeah, that's the 10%. <laughs> all right. Uh, the pastor, the pastors that have the, uh, the golf carts that drive them around their campus yeah. all the time. That's, that's the 10%. You know, we actually just bought a golf cart for our campus. You did. You <laughs> don't <laughs> listen with all due respect. A, a golf have... cart wouldn't even fit in our church. Here, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I don't, I don't know if this is like a solid metric or not, but I want to know, uh, like what percentage of churches, their hallways are one way hallways. Like, like I would, th- there are a couple hallways here at our church and, and like the main hallway at your church, like that's a one way hallway. It's not the main right? hallway. It is the well, hallway. The only we have hallway. one hallway in our church. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, but, but that's where like, I, like you can't. Uh, the, the golf cart there is a one-way hallway for a <laughs> yeah. person, let alone a golf cart. Yeah. Like you might be able to fit the golf cart down that hallway, but it's got to be going out the back door. It like you're not turning it around. It, it'd be an Austin Powers thing where he's stuck between the wall. <laughs> yes, uh, that's uh, so. <laughs> okay, hold on, time out for a second. Your brother Tucker. Yep. Shout out to Tucker. Man, all my siblings getting shout outs on this episode. So he always makes these like collages of the different like things. So I I cannot wait. (laughs) The golf golf cart's making this. Okay, so here's what needs to happen. Uh, So we've talked about like our Instagram because we don't have, neither of us have Twitter. Uh, Actually, technically, I do, but it's, I I haven't posted in years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, Instagram, we don't have like a company Instagram account for this podcast or anything because that's too much work. Uh, but we both have our own personal Instagrams. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, f- moving forward, uh, I'm pretty sure my, I don't even know. I think my Instagram handle is just Kyle Bash, at Kyle Bash. Uh, I'm going to post uh, Tucker's collages. <laughs> so for those of you that uh, like have no idea, I realize that for everybody else, they jumped into this conversation halfway through. (laughs) So I need to explain this. Uh, I don't remember where it's from, but my brother listens to each episode and sends like a picture collage of the episode. But all of the things he puts in the collage are like, they're nothing our, to do with the our main random topic. rabbit trails that we jump yeah. into every single like, episode. There might be with this episode, there might be a dollar bill on there, but there's probably it's, I mean, it's going to be a <laughs> golf cart. It's going to be, you know, all the random stuff we talk about. Well, like, it, that's it, what it was makes a few episodes ago where we talked about like Furbies yeah. and hit clips. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave us a picture collage of all those things. So to, to give him more material here, I <laughs> uh, like, I texted my sister, and she responded, but the conversation kind of continued. She kept asking a few more questions and, and whatnot. And she asked me the question, does your church have a CD burner? And I responded, no, it's 2023. (laughs) 
But <laughs> I re- it took me back. I remember when I was in high school, and uh, we are so off track, but that's fine. We'll get to tithing eventually. We've been off track for like a legitimate seven minutes at this point. <laughs> uh, our church, when I was growing up, I was on the worship team, and we would have rehearsal for worship on Tuesday nights, all right? Because it gave people the opportunity to come together for rehearsal and then spend time like really getting into practice, productive practice for the rest of the week before the weekend services. Well, this was back in the day. So we would record each Tuesday night, we would take one run through of the worship song we were rehearsing and we would record it and then burn them all onto CDs that we would all take home. And then you could practice with the actual recording of us playing. Genius. And uh, but it was it was always done with the, with the uh, the trusty CD burner. Yeah. And uh, it uh, it was a blast. Too good that's for sure. Shout out to the uh, the old Autumn Ridge worship team back in the day. Well done. So well I done. think we're done with the shout outs and we can get back to tithing. What do you say? We've, we've had Dave Ramsey, both your siblings, <laughs> David, yeah, uh, Dave and David. Look and at your that. wife. My wife and uh, the church I grew up at, the worship team specifically. So there you go. Come on. Uh, all right. So we want to kind of give some guidance and instruction on tithing to two different camps. Yep. A- and we're going to split students up into two groups, one being the students that grow up in church and the other being the students that don't didn't in church. <laughs> uh, everybody else, uh, you know, like the the students where like their parents are are involved in the church, and and yeah. their parents. You know what? Maybe this is how we should phrase it. Because just because you grow up in church does not mean your parents are involved in the spiritual formation of your life. Right. So one category will be the kids whose parents actually instruct them spiritually. Yep. And the other category will be everybody else. Okay. And so we're going to start with the kids whose parents instruct them spiritually. This is like the pinnacle apex God's design for the home would be for the parents to be the primary spiritual influence for their kids. Correct. Not the kids pastor, not the senior pastor, not the youth pastor, but the parents to kind of have that role. Yep. If that is the case... Unlike a youth pastor who has a maximum of seventeen year or of of seven years with a kid, parents get like eighteen years right. with the kid living at home, in in most cases. And so, unless they run away or join the military <laughs> early or you know different things, uh, but uh, I I think that tithing is an incredible thing to to start instituting young. And Derek, I want to maybe have you share before we hit record you you know <laughs> kind of shared with me. Yeah. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh <laughs> you shared with me a kind of a principle that you and your wife have started with your son that I love. Yeah, so we give him a set amount of crackers and I collect 10% of them. Same with candy, <laughs> chips, chicken nuggets, <laughs> french fries, anything I I decide I want, um there's a mandatory 10%. I'm teaching you know, because to him, like food is everything, right? Right. Like, yeah, he doesn't have money. Yeah, so ten percent needs to come back to me, especially. Um, you know, we have we have our tithe, and then because we want to have a well-rounded American Christian education, we have the ten percent that goes to the tithe. Then we have your taxes, right? Like, ah, so now it's twenty percent. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, well, no, it's taxes. So that with the tithe is like what forty percent? Yeah, something, or something like that. Yeah. So like <laughs> Halloween for for my kids is a rough time because they uh they work hard for their candy and at least forty percent of it gets recouped. Yeah, my uh my sister in Nashville. Uh, I only have one sister. I don't have to clarify that, but uh she frequently sends me job openings for like positions at their church. Like, Hey, you should move down here. Uh, and she's got to take that up with God, right? Like he's the one that decides if I want to move or not. Uh, but the fact that Tennessee has no state income tax uh, nice. and Minnesota is definitely on the higher end of state income taxes. Yep. Uh, it, de- it's definitely, it's tempting. It's tempting. It's tempting sometimes. You also don't sure. have to shovel 10 feet of snow like we have this winter. That is also true. Uh, the last snowstorm we got was supposed to be 24 inches, and it definitely underwhelmed, at least for our area. We got 18. You got 18? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we only got 12. So I hope there's some listeners uh, in the southern United States that are freaking out right now. Like, yeah. oh, you only got 12 inches? Like, yeah. Yeah. I went out and drove the next day. Yeah, easy. No problem. Easy. Uh, (laughs) We also have a lot more of our county resources invested in snow plows than anywhere in Texas does. Very correct. There's that. Very correct. Uh, But I do think, like, I remember my, you know, my parents had, uh, you know, and still do have a a business that they run. And for a while, uh, the third stall of our garage was where their inventory was and we would get a shipment in and you know six seven eight year old kyle would get paid very minimally but get paid to help unbox you know boxes of stuff and put them right you know where they were supposed to go uh you know chores uh different different chores around the house uh you know can be a way where where kids can earn an allowance uh you know different things where i i think it's very healthy and a great idea for families to incorporate money, uh, you know, on a very small scale early on so that students, so that kids can kind of learn about this idea of like, Hey, I'm giving money back to God. Uh, you know, if you give your kid, like we're going to start really small, but if you give your kid a dollar a week, don't give them a dollar bill every week. Right. Like, Give them 10 dimes Yep. so that they can have a little cup in their room that they put one dime into, and then they put the other nine dimes in their other cup, Yep. and every week they get to take that dime to church and put it in the offering, or right. you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, If you give them 10 bucks a month, give them 10 $1 bills. Uh, make it easy for them uh, so that they can experience you like hey this is what this is like from an early age we take the first fruits yep. of what we make and uh and and we give it back to god and i think it's so important to to explain even to again i have a four-year-old you know and so he's really just now just really getting a good handle on all things in life and how you present things to him is everything right and so if i just say hey you know bud like i need you to give 10 percent because he's Ellis and he right. just is like a great dude. He'd probably say, okay, dad. But like, like, I don't want him to just go like, okay, well, that's just, I'm doing this because dad says so like, I want even at this age to instill in him, like, Hey, we give the church so we can help people, you know, yeah. like, like instilling the why behind the what I think is so, so valuable because right now it's not an issue, right? He doesn't have a concept of money. And so therefore he doesn't understand the concept of not having money, I guess. And so like, if a teenager 
is now seeing that an Xbox is 400 bucks and they work all day long at grandparents farm, bust their butt and they get a hundred bucks, but they're supposed to give 10 back. You know, it's going to be like, no, I need every single dime to get to this Xbox. Right. So like if they have the heart of no, like that 10 bucks would be nice, but someone else needs this more. It's a lot easier for them to rationalize giving that 10 rather than just going, I'm supposed to do this because mom and dad tell me I need to give to the church. Like you got to instill the why behind the what and the blessings of giving. You know, Jesus literally says it's more blessed than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive, you know? And so like, that's got to be the heart of like, we get to give, like we Mm. are excited to give because of what it means for other people and the blessings that accompany it. Yeah. And this is going to be something that becomes more important as they get older, they get into high school, you know, they start to have, you know, maybe they have a job that they work 15 or 20 hours a week during the school year. Uh, they get a summer job that, that becomes, you know, something that's much more time consuming and serious for them. And, and they start to earn more money. Now, the, the hardest part when it comes, especially for high schoolers, the hardest part with tithing is, you know, they are earning irregular paychecks. It's not a state typically, right. you know, if you got a job at McDonald's, your paycheck is dependent on the amount of hours you worked that week. And that's probably not the same every single week. And so you're, you can't just set up an automated tithe, uh, you know, based on, you know, your salary like this is, and th- this is true for anybody that's, a, you know, an hourly wage, but, uh, you know, for high schoolers, it's, it gets a little bit more tricky. And so, you know, teaching students love technology, use it to your advantage. Like you, if you know, you get paid every other week, every other week, you can go into your bank account, see how much you get paid, move the decimal point, And then, uh, you know, hop onto your church's website and give right there. Uh, you know, it can be a super easy thing to implement, uh, it's, it's just something that has to move from, I have, it has to move internally from, I have to, to, I get to, Yep. and then it has to move externally from, I, I need to remember to do this to, this is a part of my routine. Right. Yeah. And I think that really does translate well, you know, because I think it's, if you don't feel comfortable giving $10 out of your a hundred, it's all the more difficult to give a hundred out of your a thousand, you know, like I, that's, that's something I hear a lot, even from young people is, you know, like I don't make very much money. So like, I don't, I don't want to give right now where it's like, understandably, but just know it is a lot. Like when you make more money, it's all Mm -hmm. the more harder because again, it's percentage, right? Like one or 10% of, 10,000 is a thousand, you know, like if you're giving a thousand bucks in one chunk to the church, like that's a good paycheck for you at 10 grand. But like, that's my point is, you know, you got that you got to start somewhere here, uh, you know, and again, it's just a good, it's just a good practice. It's not that hard, you know, are, but are you saying that a $10,000 paycheck is like, that's what I get paid every other week. I mean, I don't... yeah, but you're good at what you do. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you make six figures in a year. Yeah. I think that's over $200,000 yeah. a year. That's so much money. I would not know what to do with that. Yeah. 
I don't. I I know things I could do with that. Amount yeah, of money, right. But it wouldn't be productive. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I what I would say is I think honestly the number or the the group of kids we're talking about I think is much more the minority than oh, the majority. I would you not know, say like, that. I would say they are almost non-existent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, where are you going with this? But I, yeah, I, agree. I don't think it's, yeah, it's, it's like a super minority kind of thing. Yeah. Like I, it is, it is rare to, unfortunately, to have parents that are, you know, incredibly invested in like, I think parents care a lot yeah, totally. about the spiritual molding of their children, Yep. but to have parents that are super invested in it, uh, is, is much more rare. So yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's a minority. Yeah. So I think the bigger question becomes, you know, cause odds are, let's just call it for what it is. These are primarily the kids we just talked about staff, you know, kids of staff members at a church or, you know, highly involved in your church. Not always, but like, that's isn't that why the, the senior pastor hires a youth pastor to pass off the responsibility? Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't have to do it Spiritually training his kids. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like, I I'm think I, what we have to do is sit here and go, okay, for, for the large majority of everybody else, how much do we want to push this? Because something yeah. you and I talked about, Kyle, is especially at least in our two ministries, you know, something that we both push because we're both passionate about it is this idea of like missions work, you know, like you, you take kids on mission teams every single year as does our youth ministry. So they're fundraising, they're saving they're they're yes. Like they're using that money to go on a trip, but that is something that they are working towards for the church. On top of the fact, we also do a big missions push every single year where we say, hey, let's come together and raise as much money for this missions organization as we possibly can. And so when you look at the large majority of kids relative to a middle schooler, odds are in a given year, they're not making more than $200. Is that fair to say? Like maybe Uh, less than that, you know, maybe a little more, but like when they show up to the big give night and they drop in you know, 350 bucks or 200 bucks, like they're relative to what they're bringing in in a year, it's close to 80, 90, 100% or if not more. So like they are being generous. And so that's where I think you and I are kind of trying to figure out like, okay, yes, it's important to instill in these kids the idea and the importance of tithing. However, we also are understanding that they, they're understanding this heart of generosity. And so we can figure out the semantics and logistics of 10% as they mature more into adults and get more consistent income. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, the idea of tithing is important, but it is something that I push very little within our youth ministry from the pulpit or just uh, in general? from the pulpit. That okay. is a good distinction. Uh, because like you said when it comes to mission teams and and when it comes to other missions you know generosity pushes that we do uh if you actually sit down and do the math i'd be willing to guess that a lot of our teenagers are giving much more than 10% yeah. uh, of their of their yearly income right um and so and, and for for kids that don't grow up in church this isn't a habit that they you know, have had from day one. And so 
kind of the almost the strategy that I would encourage uh, for a majority of students is you know make sure one teach the heart of generosity. Yep. Like Derek said, like the tithing is the how. Talk about the why. Yeah. And talk about uh you know we about stewardship. Talk about uh you know just being generous in all aspects. Uh and that mindset that none of this is ours to begin with. It's all God's and we're just stewarding it. Yep. Uh if you emphasize that with your students, uh and then, like the single most pivotal time in a student's life to talk about tithing is not when they are in middle school. It's not when they are in high school. It's not when they are super young. It is the moment that they get their first full-time job. Yep. Because when you are, you know, hypothetical, uh, what was the name of the kid, Jake, that you (laughs) had earlier? Uh, So hypothetical Jake is growing up. Uh, He decides that he's not going to go to college. Uh, He's going to get a job out of high school. And so he graduates, spends the summer hanging out with friends, one last, you know, hurrah. uh, hurrah. And then he decides he's getting a full-time job and he starts working at insert company here uh 3m 3m wow uh how minnesotan Mm -hmm. uh so he gets a job at 3m uh working 40 or 50 hours a week because he just wants to earn a bunch of money right now that is the moment that it is important to have the tithing conversation because jake has never seen anything close to that amount of money in his life uh you know 40 or 50 hours of a full-time job is a lot different than working 10 or 15 at McDonald's at McDonald's, yeah. you know, when you're in high school. And so what I would do, or what I would encourage youth pastors to do, parents to do, youth leaders to do is teach the heart of generosity yep. in, in your students, emphasize that greatly while they're in middle school and high school. Yep. And then when they get to the point where they have their for, first full-time job, have a position, like you uh, hopefully have a position of influence in their life. Yeah. To where you can uh, coach them. Yep. Like, hey, make sure that you are setting that 10% right off the bat. Yeah. Something Riley and I are doing this year that's brand new um, that I'm really excited about. It's just an idea uh, as this pertains. Uh, We're doing like a, uh, the name is still pending, but it's basically a senior send off. So, hey, if you're a senior, we're going to bring you to the church, you know, on a Saturday morning at 10. We're going to have some breakfast, jump into a little time of worship. But then for the next few hours, it's going to be a, here's how you transition into being an adult now, you know? And so we're going to talk about finding a local church. If you're going to college, if you're going to a different town, here's where to look for a church. Here's why this is important. You know, here's how to find a job, you know? And where I'm going with this is something like this is a great time to instill this in a senior. So like, cause if someone goes to college, they're going to be in this perpetual season again, you know, where they're going to be working minimally and having no money. But if you plant that seed now, you know, at least they have a basis of understanding. And so like, this is a great place. Like we got to have something for our seniors because they also need to know how to budget. You know, they're now going to a college where like mom and dad probably aren't just going to be making them dinner. They're not going to just be flipping them a 20 when they want to go and do something. You know, they have to figure it out for themselves. So teach them 
how to budget, you know, teach them how to and why it's important to do 10% right away, you know? And so there are just different things you can do to kind of help prepare them. But it, it is one of those things where something that I know you, Kyle, and, and, and I do, it, it's one of those things where we have to instill in them that that 10% comes out right away. Because if you wait until you pay everything else, it's going to be all the more difficult to pay that 10%. You know, if, if you pay for your car and your insurance and your phone, and then you go, I haven't tithed yet. And I've got 15% of my paycheck left. It's a lot yeah. harder to go, okay, well, there goes 10%. You know, it'll be like, uh, I'm kind of tight this month. I'll tithe next month. Like it's so much better to teach them as soon as you get that paycheck, that 10% comes up right off the top. Yeah. The, the only exception that I ever give people to that is if you are a salaried or B have a different means of getting like a very consistent income, right? Uh, like you're, you know, you're hourly, but you work the same amount of hours all the time. Uh, automated giving. Yep. It is the greatest thing ever. Yep. Uh, you know, even if automated giving does not come out of your bank account the day after you get paid, right. It, you know, it is still locked a, in. uh, a locked and loaded. It's happening. Like I, I absolutely consider that like to still be totally, you know, first fruits. Uh, you know, and, and I think that, you know, I've met adults that are, you know, like they, they weren't Christians and now they are. And so this idea of tithing is new and, and is something that they're working toward. If you are not tithing at all and living your life normally, and then all of a sudden are trying to tithe 10%, it is, it can be a very daunting task and yeah. very difficult for some people to do yeah. because they've built their life around having this much money yep. and they get scared sometimes, honestly, when all of a sudden, like now I have to cut 10% out of my budget right. so that I can put it toward my tithe. Now, scripturally, you and I both know that, you know, God's going to find a way to make the money work. Right. Uh, and, and he's going to honor that. But at the same time, it's, it can still be something where like, I am not opposed. Like, you don't want to, you want to know what's better than tithing 0%. Yeah. Tithing 1%. <clears throat> right. You know, totally tithing 2%, 3%, work yeah. your way up to it. Uh, you know, take two years or whatever you want to plan it out. Like every two months I up my tithe by 1% yep. and, and kind of keep working toward it. If that's what helps you get there, that's great. The other thing that I would encourage, uh, you know, both students and adults on is that nowhere in the Bible does it say only give 10%. Right. Uh, you know, there, there doesn't have to be a cap on on the amount of generosity that you have. Yeah. Uh especially if I was all of a sudden making that $200,000 a year. Right. <laughs> Let's give a lot more of it. Uh but one of the things that my wife and I do is like we Derek and I talked at the top of the episode that you know we give like our tithe goes to that district office and and that's the set amount yep. based on what you know my paycheck is. But we also have a separate line item in our budget that we just call other giving. Yeah. 
And, and that's something where like, if, if our church has a missionary that comes and speaks and my wife and I feel like we want to support them financially, yep. we have a line item that, that we can pull from yeah. uh, in order to do that. If, if we have, uh, you know, like if, if we just see a need that we want to randomly meet, uh, in somebody else, like we have a line item in our budget for that. I think, uh, a, a wise man once told me that when you budget well, spending is fun. And I, I think that that applies to this conversation of tithing. That if, if you, if you budget well, if you are disciplined in stewarding your finances, tithing is super fun. Yeah. Being generous above and beyond that is super fun. Yep. Completely. And that is, I love that. I love that line because it is one of those things. If you, you can easily see both of those things as, Oh, I got to do this. But when you see what your dollar impacts in someone else's life, you know, we do the same thing. We have a few missionaries that we just support outside of our tithe. Um, and knowing what it means to them and yep. what it allows them to do is one. And that's where all of a sudden that verse, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's not some proverbial cute quote for a wall. Like Jesus meant that I've, I've experienced that, like how fun it is to give uh, yep. when done properly. And so, you know, I think, I think that's like a perfect way to wrap it up because it is one of those things. Let's call it for what it is, especially being in my position now as a lead. Um, you know, I have seen this struggle with adults going, I'm new to this. I'm new to church. And now I got 10%. Like mm -hmm. I'm supposed to, like my budget's already razor tight. And now I'm losing 10% of that. And it's like, you know, and so that's where it's like, we need to be gracious and understand that for some, this is a foreign concept. And I love that your, your idea there of like, some is better than none, you know, and, and the more you step in, the more you realize that, that God does provide. And so whether it's youth or adults, I think the rationale is like, just teach and encourage rather than enforce. I think that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing yeah. is like, you just empower people about the joy and blessings of giving um, you know, and, and the heart of it rather than just the how you do it. Cause the how will naturally follow if people are bought into it emotionally. Like, mm -hmm. so we have to first lead with that, like get them into the why behind giving and then they'll naturally inquire about the how, and then life is good. Yeah. That was, that was well said. Thank you. I love it. That does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, on behalf of Derek, I think it's about time that I go update my Rolodex. Goodbye. Goodbye.